0: Hello and welcome to our Salesforce United episode, a podcast about Salesforce and people who work with it. Here we discuss engineering discoveries, professional secrets and careers of our guests. I am Volkha Latilova, a Salesforce enthusiast and to my delight, your
1: host. Dear listeners and guests, welcome to our podcast. In this episode, we aim to dive into the world of Salesforce and provide our audience with valuable insights from the industry's best experts and professionals. I'm Olga Dmitrieva, a Salesforce software testing engineer and your host. Today, we welcome Yarin
0: Boland, a seasoned Salesforce delivery manager with over 15 years of trailblazing success in the tech industry. Yarin's journey has been nothing short of extraordinary. He's worn many hats from project lead to functional consultant and has left his mark in various companies. With a remarkable track of record of managing projects of all sizes, from small-scale, Jams to colossal undertakings involving big cross functional teams. Today we are in for a treat as we delve into his story, incredible journey, and invaluable insights into the world of Salesforce. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello. Hi, hey guys. So let's start with the first question, which would be to hear more about your journey into project management and how did you first become interested in this field? What drew you to pursue this career?
2: Actually, my, my story is a little bit different. I never, as a, as a kid, uh, dreamt of a career in IT, to be honest. Um, IT in the Netherlands, where I come from, is not exactly what you would call, um, well, how do you say, a pants dropper. So it's considered relatively boring. And um, the, how do you say, uh, a little bit of a weird uh, first master, which was, um, I think it translates as Russian studies, which um, is basically a language study. And w- when I finished that, um, this was basically around the time when the global financial crisis broke out. and after um, the contract that I was having with, um, I was doing something with um, with one of the biggest wind turbine blade manufacturers in uh, in the world. As a, as a project and, well, management officer, or PMO. Um, but it was on a temporary basis and due to the financial crisis they didn't um, extend my uh, contract. Um, I found it really, really hard to find um, a decent job until after basically half a year of being unemployed I found uh, a traineeship, um, which was basically a traineeship um, sponsored by the Dutch government. And the idea was to um, educate um, a, glass, a class of um, 15 people per year into becoming um, IT experts um, in the public domain. A big component of that is that we were doing um, a second ma- or a second another master um, in uh, this field. So basically, the master was called uh, public information management. I think I've done that traineeship. Uh, immediately understanding that the public domain is not my domain. That was a little bit of a letdown. On the other hand, the the second um, studies was actually very interesting. However, still having two masters, really difficult to find something at that point in time. But finally, I found another PMO position at a mid-size IT uh, service provider in the Netherlands. Um, but basically, the, this um, service provider had very few um, contracts or very few uh, business, very few assignments. So we were basically sitting there doing their no- uh, in there doing nothing until one guy proposed to set up um, a Salesforce practice within this company. And he was looking for volunteers. Um, so I was one of the 10 volunteers. From that point onwards, we were supposed to get our Salesforce admin certification and um in all fairness um i basically googled all the answers to the question um that were posed during this exam past the exam and um from that point of time i was a certified uh, salesforce professional and when i put this on my linkedin so imagine you have gone through, what is it, eight years, ten years of of university, and nobody wants to hire you. And then you more or less, um, well, I would say almost cheat on an exam for Salesforce, which is, by, by back then, was a $200 exam, if I'm not mistaken. And you put that on your LinkedIn, and all of a sudden you're in high demand. I thought that was quite insane, to be honest, to Basically, I could have skipped eight years of university, just um, watch one or two tutorials of um, of how to become a Salesforce administrator. And um, it would have saved me quite a lot of time, I think. But this is how I rolled into Salesforce. Um, the, The rest is probably history.
1: Yeah, or a destiny, for example, but that was really interesting to listen to your story. And uh, could you please explain the role of a project manager in a Salesforce project context?
2: In my opinion, there's basically um, three sides to this. Um, you have your um, your role uh, within the team or, as um, you said, uh, the people that Work in your Scrum team uh, to to deliver uh, the backlog that um, that has been um, how do you say given to you usually by a PO, but um, one way or another uh, by the client. Then there's the communication part where you're basically um, discussing everything with the client stakeholders, and here I feel that the role is mostly that of communicator. I would also say protector um, of the teams to shield them from uh, a lot of noise and a lot of fuss um, that happens in every project. Um, And then I guess you also have your internal stakeholders, so um, management levels above you um, in the internal organization, um, which also requires a lot of uh, communication, but also um, a separate set of uh, deliverables or a separate set of requirements uh, from you um, in order to do your job well. What can I say? The last one is usually the one um, that I find, find the more tedious one because it is quite a little bit of politics and there's quite a lot of questions to answer that sometimes are not that black and white. In In Working with the team, this is the part that I love best. Um, it is usually just, how do you say, cooperation. Um, I try to build teams in such a way that people get along. This doesn't always happen, but in general it does. try to make sure that everybody feels safe, comfortable and um, uh, appreciated. And um, my role here is, in general, relatively relatively limited other than well in fact you're you're a facilitator right you're basically making sure that everybody can do their job um that they as i said feel appreciated um that they can grow the rest they can do themselves in general if you have a team with um i say subpart skilled professionals it's always going to be problematic to uh, to reach a result uh, in it i would say so a, a lot of this is definitely down on um, how good the people are that you work with. But once they have their processes or their working processes in place and they know what is expected from them, then there is very little um, that needs to be done there. Uh, although I do feel that um, a, a daily call um, is a very important call where you have possibility to get everybody on the same page and um, understand what, uh, what the latest issues and, 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 uh, and blockers are. Um, but other than that, um, that's the beauty of agile, right? They're self-managing managing teams. They understand much better what they uh, need to do uh, than I do. Uh, so uh, I would say as soon as I can, um, remove myself from the from the technical process and. The reason why I originally I think I became a project manager is because of the, the second part with the client stakeholders. And again, here my what I try to do is always to make sure that the team can do their work in a proper way. Don't get bothered by um, by the client too much or by the client's politics, etc., etc um that is for me so i um, i communicate i talk i i flirt i convince i um, wouldn't say i manipulate but one way or another way uh, always making sure that the client feels um feels happy or feels uh, listened to feels that um their problems are are in good hands with us and and make sure that um well that you Communicate problems uh, in a timely manner, but also uh, never forget to communicate your successes um, Because this is also important And the third part, yeah, well, um, this is in every company, right? There is certain goals, there's certain targets, there's certain margins, there's all these kind of things uh, that you need to answer to But um, I would say in my current role um, I'm not budget responsible Um, so most of these things are relatively passing by my desk um, to somebody else, which is uh, something that I like. Although obviously um, this is the direction in which I need to grow. And it's also something that I used to do for my previous employer. So. Um, I can do that, but it's the part of the job that I like the least.
0: We are curious about the day-to-day experiences of a Salesforce project manager. Can you walk us through what a typical day looks like in Europe?
2: Mostly, uh, most what I'm doing is, well, depends on the phase in the project, obviously. But um, if if we are in in, in the building phase, uh, then in general, what I uh, start my day with is a daily um, then follow up on emails, um, and then it's usually calls calls, 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 talking, 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 talking. I would say that, um, especially in the, with my current employer, um, a lot comes down to um, how you communicate. Uh, or to yeah, communication basically.
1: Uh, okay, and now let's talk a little bit about challenges. Uh, could you please tell us about the challenges uh, you have faced while working on Salesforce projects and what steps did you take to tackle those challenges?
2: Well, challenges in Salesforce project, as I said, it's, a, it's quite a general question because it's one of the things a project manager do does right is, is troubleshoot, is making sure that um, um, issues or, or or problems get resolved quickly, so that the team can uh, can work on their uh, or can do their job basically, work on their, um, on their on their functionality or their their coding or their testing, whatever. So there's always these kind of things. Um, what can I say? um it also depends quite a little bit about the about the setup of the um, of the project and whether it is a a fixed price project or whether it's a time material project project Um, It can rely uh, or depend on certain resources, but what can I say? Um, um, I would say that normally agile methodology would dictate that the client has a PO. It's quite difficult to understand um, um, the wishes of the client um, if there's nobody to prioritize uh, your backlog if um, there's nobody who can give you feedback on uh, what you're doing. That sometimes is, is problematic. I, I must say that I see um, agile methodology well not always uh, implemented to the letter of the, of the theory, which makes sense, I must say. But um, not having a PO is is sometimes uh, rather hard because um, it means means that very much you're relying on um, either yourself um, to go get um, the the priorities from uh, the clients so you basically ask other stakeholders or it comes down to the business analysts um, who have to do the interviews or have to um, communicate within the client organization quite well. Um, in order to make sure that they um, have a feeling of where the main priorities uh, for the project or for the client are. Um, that is a problem um, sometimes. Working in a project is, is is people's work, right? So you always have uh, to deal with different characters and um, it is true that not everybody is very good at that or is able to play along, um, so to speak, or um, sometimes the, the character of the group um, is, uh, how do you say? Something that, uh, people don't feel comfortable with. Um, this is happening sometimes. This can be problematic. Um, or this is obviously problematic. Um, what I usually try to do is, um, because this is usually not something that happens with uh, half of the team. It's usually one or two who just don't fit in. Or um, what, what, what very often happens is that they are also um, often lacking certain skills. And I'm I'm talking about hard skills here, not per se about soft skills. Puts them in in a difficult position. Um, So what I usually try to do is coach. Um, So I try to um, get regular um, one-on-ones with with a person like that, Um, discuss potential improvement paths. Basically, what you first need to to discuss is where, in your opinion, the problem is. Um, listen to the feedback so it could also be that uh, there's uh, many other reasons for this right so um, first I would like to understand a little bit more about the person itself like to understand a little bit more about the background like to understand um, whether um, he or she also perceives uh, his or her role in the team as problematic or as um, not really garnering the, the respected results. Um, then looking for the, um, the origins of that and then try to discuss with somebody how we can improve this. This is not per se um, a, a bulletproof approach. You know, in all honesty, it, it very much depends on um, on the 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 issue at hand very much depend on uh, on the person in question um and sometimes it means that um we come to the conclusion that um it is better if um we find a replacement for this person uh, but for me this is always the the thing that i would um how do you say like to it, it should be the last resort um in in general i as I said before, I feel it is my responsibility to make sure that there is a working climate for everything, for everyone, and that everybody should feel safe and appreciated. But it is true that sometimes some um, some individuals don't have the skills uh, the skill set that the rest of the team has and this person then usually becomes um, a little bit isolated because other team members um, i would not say ignore him or her but would if they need a quick answer would ask it to somebody else if they need something something to done properly they will um, discuss it or, or ask it to somebody else it is difficult to make this person um, fit in if he or she is not willing to do the, the actual work or um, if they are just not um, smart enough, because this also happens. Um, but in general, I must say um, that I actually only have one occasion uh, where this has happened in, um, in about four years. So that is, a, I would say, a good average. But still, for me, it feels like defeat. If, um, if there's somebody in my team that, um, well, how do you say, it? in the end, we can't continue with. Um, so I, I, I take that quite personal.
0: And now to more specific question, I guess, back to Salesforce. The Salesforce ecosystem is known for its vast capabilities and resources. And uh, what are some benefits of working with it that can come to your mind?
2: actually interesting um, one of my previous employers um, he was working for I think it was Deloitte in the Netherlands and that was before he decided to uh, to set up his own business and what he said is yeah um, we started doing uh, or we started a new company solely for Salesforce implementations and we did that because when we compared those to for instance Siebel or SAP implementations the Salesforce implementations were always successful or had a much higher uh, um, success rate than um, one of the uh, one of the, uh, one of the other uh, CRM implementation and i thought about this and and this is Um, exactly what I've seen as well. Um, Salesforce is, um, I would say, quite an easy configurable um, CRM. It is cloud-based, which I think is also um, an advantage. Um, And um, as I said, it's it's very uh, relatively easily configurable. Salesforce ecosystem is expanding and expanding and expanding. And um, I was always afraid when I started working on this, that, um, OK, this is probably going to be just the new uh, technology on the block. In 10 years, it will be surpassed by something new or something better, etc. But um, I've been doing this now for over 10 years or uh, working in the Salesforce ecosystem, I mean, and it's still around. And I think it's still uh, the number one uh, CRM system in the world currently. Um, Benefits for me as a professional um, and by the way for you both as well is that it's still in high demand. It's very popular Um, it is um, How do you say as well? I I started the interview more or less by explaining how I rolled into it and and what kind of impact it can have on a personal career Um, as a professional um, You probably have the same that I get uh, well uh, about I get one uh, about one job offer per day from from competitors, and uh, at a certain point, a few years back, when I was um, a, still a consultant or a VA, I think it was about two um, per day. Uh, just invites for um, interviews um, to join other companies, to um, uh, how do you say, uh, think about changing jobs, headhunters who want to uh, represent you, all these kind of things. It, look. Um, I'm. I only have what is it, five or six certs. I can imagine if you have um, um, the more technical certs, um, certifications. I mean, um, as a developer, I can I, I imagine that you get um, about five of these letters per day, if not more. Um, so. It is a perfect platform to build your career on. I would say I I would actually say that I'm the the living example of that. So that is something that is very interesting. The other thing is, since it's cloud-based, this means that that projects or Salesforce projects are usually um, all all you need as a professional is a laptop and and an internet connection, right? Um, You can work wherever you are you can work with whomever um, you want Um, you're very very flexible and it allows you to um, i would say get in touch with people from different cultures Um, it allows you to get in touch with um, a whole variety of clients from all over the globe um it allows you to um relocate if necessary i would say um if the project is uh, is interesting enough um you can basically build your whole life and your whole career um on salesforce and um i would say that that is one of the uh, the major benefits from a um project perspective, um, but we've actually seen it during COVID years, right? Um, I think that a lot of um, projects where people needed to be Physically present somewhere, and this usually does. Well, I can imagine that this um, goes for project uh, for, for how do you say um, IT projects that are not cloud based, uh, but also can consider people working um, in, in how do you say construction or something, or in, in, in all kinds of um, uh, different types of um, uh, of branches. Um, if you were not able to meet, then sometimes perhaps uh, the project would be delayed or um, would be cancelled, etc, etc. Since all we need is um, the laptop and the internet connection, uh, we could still uh, work on. Um, You don't have to physically meet somebody or be in the same room with somebody in order to do your work. I would say that that is actually very good and uh, very nice and for me as a project manager um, obviously very convenient because um, yeah well if you are relying on people to uh, meet you face to face um, there were definitely uh, about two years where this was not possible and uh, well if there's uh, no work um, or no contractors then there's no work and that is usually not very good for, uh, for one's career so um also from uh, from a project perspective uh, yeah um, Salesforce is ideal I would say Yeah,
1: that's true thanks for sharing your insights and I think that our listeners would like to find out your opinion about the skills uh, that are becoming increasingly important in the sphere of uh, project management. So what do you think what are the most important skills one should possess to be a good, Project manager.
2: It depends, I guess. Um, it, it also depends what kind of project manager you want to be. So, um, for me, the, the in order to do my job in such a way that that I feel comfortable um, is usually something um, I would say the the, the one basic thing um, I think every professional need not needs not per se a project manager, but is the is the human aspect. We should never forget that in the end we're all human beings and we're just trying to get a job done. That doesn't have have to be by um, by using um, a hierarchical structure. You can just be uh, a horizontal uh, organization, in my opinion, where it is clear that people uh, have a certain role within the project and you expect them, obviously, to... Um, uh, to perform this role um, and in the end it's fine that the project manager takes a certain amount of responsibility so the the, the first quality in my opinion is just being human um, and being um, well um, a, a cooperative um, Nice person uh, who is there to uh, wor- to make a success with people, not at the expense of people. Um, and then the other thing, um, sure, um, it would be very nice to understand um, a thing or two about agile methodology. But um, in general, um, agile methodology or the, the the Scrum Guide is, I think, a 14-page booklet, so that is not a very difficult thing to uh, to learn um the other um so so that that's from a technical perspective i would say but the other thing is what i what i see myself doing and, and i've told you this before I basically communicate, 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 and communication can go on all kinds of levels. Um, sometimes it's it's important to have uh, a one-on-one with uh, with each and every one of your team, just to uh, to temperature a little bit how they are doing, how they are feeling, uh, how they're really feeling, because uh, very often people come uh, with a game face on. Uh, but to understand how they're really feeling whether they're happy then again um, you also need to communicate with clients um, giving them um, clear feedback on what we can and cannot do uh, and the reasons why um, and very often you need to sugarcoat this a little bit especially if the news is negative or uh, or when it's bad news um and then well there's obviously other stakeholders that I mentioned earlier in, the, in this podcast as well. But my overall feeling is that as long as everybody is on the same page and this is where I feel that I'm responsible for, as long as everybody is on the same page, um, it is not rocket science and um, then everybody has a role to play. This is fine. Um, But I need to make sure that the information from the client gets to the team and vice versa. um, Gets from management to the team and vice versa. Um, So I would say that communication is my major skill. um, The most important one. Apart from that, obviously you need to be clear to to your team what you expect. But usually you only have to say this once. Um, You need to be clear. Um, to the people, uh, to your stakeholders, what they can expect and um, inform them um, whether um, you're going to meet the, the deadlines etc. Um, all the technical stuff is done by the, um, uh, by the development team, not by me. I don't need to be a Salesforce uh, subject matter expert.
0: Thank you for this answer. And for those who are just starting their career as a project manager, what advice would you give them? Perhaps there was a valuable lesson you learned early in your career that you wish someone had told you.
2: In, in all fairness, sure, when when I got my Salesforce admin, uh, admin, this was, well, this must have been over 10 years ago, right? Um, the market probably wasn't um, the same as it is currently. Um, but what I've what I've told before is that I noticed how much these certificates are worth. Um, back then however the whole um, trailblazer um, portal uh, was not operational um, I would say that there is and this is one of the things that I find very cool about Salesforce is that you can actually learn online uh, all there is to know about it uh, get hands-on experience and I see these days also that people post their rank uh, their trailblazer rank on um, on their uh, on their LinkedIn or on their resumes. Uh, because it gives an idea of how much time people have spent um, working with, uh, within the well, uh, within the ecosystem of with Salesforce technology, so it makes sense. Um, what I do think is that usually when these days the the, the admin certification is just um, entry. Um, back in the day. It was um, quite a bit where people were setting up their uh, their Salesforce practices. So if you had one certification, it was already a plus. Um, but my guess is that um, these days you may need more or hands-on experience. But one usually comes after the other. Um, what? It, it basically also depends on the the, the approach you want to um uh, or the, the same which way you want to develop your career if you want to be a developer i don't think it makes much sense to um learn um, or get your um uh, salesforce consultant uh or sorry your service cloud consultant um certification or your, your sales cloud consultant cert- certification so this was this was basically my career path i figured that um Yeah, I would. Well, it was my role back in the day um, to be a BA. So I figured the more of these kind of certifications I have, the better it is. Um, But it does obviously help to to get hands-on experience. And um, I don't think everybody who says or every potential employer who says minimum five years of work experience is what they are going to get always. I think in general it's also just something that their ideal candidate would look like. I think that if you have um, one or two certs and maybe a a year of working experience, in um, in I don't know maybe a QA role or in a in a, in a in a BA role or just on the sideline of of Salesforce and having a good understanding of um, of the system itself um, should already um, well be I'd say should definitely be a plus in obtaining a, a Salesforce role. Um, I don't think, or at least back in the days, when it comes to project management, there were not really these kind of certifications. I think they're, they're changing that a little bit now. That you can actually have um, um, that there's more client-based roles currently than uh, than the how do you say than the, the, the purely technical uh, certifications. I, anyway, I never took um, took an exam in becoming a Salesforce project manager. There, there just is none um or there never was one my my guess is that in general um, this also makes sense because to a large extent um, one can rely on the, the knowledge of the team members um, most important thing is that you like to work with people um, and you communicate this is something um, that I would say you you don't really get a training for, or there's not really a study for that. Um, then again, it's also not rocket science. I, I keep repeating this because project management is not rocket science. It's it's, it's very elemental um, way of just um, Making sure that people work together. Um, most of the project managers I've uh, come across in um, in my time um, never knew anything about Salesforce. Um, never had worked in uh, in a Salesforce role before. Um, but what they did know was how to organize and how to communicate. So if you have um, certain, well. If you can uh, can show that you also have um, more in-depth knowledge of the, the, the Salesforce uh, ecosystem, uh, then that is definitely a plus. Okay,
1: uh, it's a very interesting point of view. Uh, and you've mentioned that the lion's share of your work is devoted to communication. And uh, communication uh, requires a lot of efforts. And uh, I would like to ask you a question, how do you personally cope when you feel overwhelmed or find yourself underperforming. So do you use any strategies or techniques or mindset shifts that help you to overcome these situations? Yoga, dancing
2: no i I don't really feel overwhelmed uh what i sometimes the the, when when the the workload is uh is huge um what i usually do is i work more hours um if that doesn't work um then it is time to communicate that to the people that are responsible for me so um usually well i try to uh, avoid this from happening but sometimes you have to be honest with yourself um very often, what helps for me, um, if I feel that I'm faced with a problem where I don't know the answer to, what I very often do is um, is discuss this uh, with my manager, and um, he coaches me quite a bit. In uh, if, if I'm struggling with something, uh, he advises me, and um, if there's no uh, no advice, um, he also drinks a cup of coffee with me just to uh, to calm me down if necessary. But um, no, um, if, if, if I feel overwhelmed usually um, I, I fix it myself if I can't then um, usually there's uh, there's uh, somebody close to me that uh, that can help me um, and, and see put things into perspective or come up with uh, with advice and um, it's it's the, the the essence of everything um, I would say um, you you need to make sure that everybody's on the same page if if I'm struggling, or being overwhelmed then the uh, nobody can how do you say people can't smell that of you especially since we're we're working remotely very often and if we don't use cameras because of lack of bandwidth or something uh, they can hear it in your voice or whatever but in general if you don't tell that you're um running into issues uh, people will not know uh, but then again, as I said, I, I would always look for, um, for the issue uh, with myself first and see if I can do a better job. So basically whether the issue is self-induced um, or whether it is external factors. Um, if it's self-induced, then the, the solution is also within me. If it's external factors, then it makes sense to, uh, to see what you can do about the external factors. Or um, highlight to the above, if you understand that you can't do anything about the external factors, um, that you need support. I expect this from my team members as well and I think it is, uh, it makes com- it's common sense, uh, mostly.
0: There's a question that we always ask our guests because we strongly believe that behind each great professional there is great human being with uh, its tastes and that's why we would like to ask you, what is your favorite book, film and song?
2: but i find this the hardest question of the day and the the reason for that is that there's well the the things you're uh, you're asking for book music and film there's such a vast amount of material there uh, created by such talented people but i thought about um about this a little bit and i'm gonna go for best movie um shawshank redemption i think I know it is. um, How do you say? It It is always in the top of of many lists, but it's just a beautiful movie, I guess. And my favorite book would be um, *The Master and Margaret* or *Margherita*. Brilliant, brilliant book, um, hilarious. I think there's also many, many. I mean, there's um, there's many um, idioms or many um, expressions uh, that come from this uh, this book, but it's um, it, it's, it's just awesome. Um, and best song. I really like um, sitting by the dock of the bay. Um, it's originally from uh, Otis Redding, if I'm not wrong. But I like the the, the version that uh, Pearl Jam did um, in a in a live concert, um, which is pretty pretty special. And I think the acoustic version of Everlong by Foo Fighters is uh, pretty special. But honestly, guys. Um, I could also have said "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses. Um, anyway, if it's relatively rocky, if it has good uh, riffs, good rhythm, and uh, good lyrics, then usually I'm I'm very much uh, in favor of it.
1: I uh, hope our guests will enjoy this talk with such an interesting, uh, super positive and caring about the team person as you, Yaring.
2: Thank you so much. You're too kind. And thank you so much for uh, the possibility of um, sharing my thoughts on uh, on work. It was, uh, <laughs> I hope it wasn't uh, too deep at points or too shallow uh, in others. But uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, again, thank you for the opportunity
0: for us. And thank you, dear listeners. As always, you can leave reactions and we always welcome feedback. If you'd like to become our next guest, reach out to me or Olga in the social media on LinkedIn. And um, that's it. That's the episode. Bye.